holds the last crisps of winter as you take it into your lungs. A slight frost rhymes the edges of the window you're looking through. You peer down, obscured through the darkness of a moonless night, a battery and bank of technology whose purpose lies beyond your ken. The necessity of these devices moot. Your squad of monsters is here to make a statement. The next step in your machinations for them. All of the actors are set, the stage prepared. The salient information was worth the price you paid the damnable information broker. You make a note to possibly get some information on them later. It was rather audacious of your old acquaintance G-Force to make his first heist here after escaping from the MHTF. Word also has it that he's teamed up with someone new. The unknown factor makes you twitch in the same way when you get an itch between your shoulder blades that you just can't quite reach. You've covered your bases as well as you can. Maybe this unknown will make things fun? You try to convince yourself unsuccessfully. You shift slightly in your crouch to ease the beginnings of a cramp that has started in your legs. The gravel on the roof elicits a crunch louder than you would like, made all the more prevalent by the absence of other sounds. You discreetly check your watch, shielding any light from it with your hand. You feel more than anything Experiment 7 behind you. Impressively, 7 has not made a sound. No crunch of gravel, throat clearing. You can't even hear them breathing, even in this close of proximity. You hope that Urus and Jaguar can stay on task. They were placed at the main entrance as guard dogs, visible and ostentatiously arranged there, knowing that those entrances would be avoided at all costs as reflex. Vince Lyke positioned himself in the room, the place of true danger according to him. The placement and desire for the job only took minor nudging mentally to get him to take the bait. You've learned not to be too obtrusive in Vance Slyke's mental arena. He's grown more guarded as of late, casting glances at your back when he thinks you're not looking, but you're always looking. You try not to shiver a bit. Spring has come, but winter still hangs in the air like a smoker who left the room 10 minutes ago. Suddenly, you see a glint shining in the dark, knifing into your vision, Vance Slyke's signal. He still refuses to use any technology he considers unnecessary or unnatural. This includes cell phones, walkie-talkies, and the like. Something about it transmitting your soul from your body. A minute passes. Two. The double oak doors open. The fluorescent light from the hallway, which had only been a splinter of light, edging itself into the darkness from under the door. It comes in obtrusively into the tranquil dark of the room you sit above. Three figures stand silhouetted, black form punched from within the light like cardboard cutouts. The moment passes quickly. The three figures blend into the shade of the room the further in they venture. This allows you to more easily identify the intruders. You make a mental note to discuss the lack of accuracy on the report you got from the information broker. One individual you notice immediately. Tall, thin, gangly. G-Force has changed a little since his incarceration, though you can see a shock of gray running down the center of his dark short hair. He now resembles a skunk. He's followed by a person that makes strong Orus and Son of Jaguar look small. Long hair pulled into a tight, severe ponytail that is braided to the waist. The harsh outline grows softer as they walk farther into the room. A woman with large eyes, firm jaw, and rugged features is revealed. 
Her every movement screams danger. The last silhouette reveals a small individual that at first appears to be bouncing off the floor as a child would, much like a days old balloon whose helium is all but spent. Your mind races to the possibility of the unknowns. Your train of thought is interrupted as the sound of a small beep. Seven has signaled Urus and Jaguar to come running as per the plan. Wonderful. Why do some plebes always come in at the last moment and ruin your set? Stick to the plan. It's been rehearsed repeatedly. Your squad of monsters may not be the most creative or brightest of metas, but that's one of the reasons why you chose some of them. The others being the proclivity towards violence and their puissance and fighting. You sent Seven slide beside you, tension in their slightly edged frame. Seven is sharp, not just in form but in mind. Young, perhaps. A suitable vessel to be shaped further. A roar grabs your attention. Van Slyke has burst from his bolt hole and is charging the trio alone. Damn his eyes. He was supposed to wait for Oruz and Jaguar to distract from behind before he made his move. Through the glass, dark and distant, you can hear him, muffled, shouting something about foul creatures and the righteousness of God. His sword clears away a circle of darkness around him as he draws it from its sheath with a raspy hiss. Vince-like is pinned to the floor with the claw-like gesture from G-Force. All in the same instant, Oru's and Jaguar's strong forms blot out most of the illumination from the hallway. Seven has pulled back an arm that is now propelled forward to shatter the rhymed glass of the skylight. You have subconsciously drawn the blades from your vest and belt and have sent them spinning about your person. A blur of wanton violence erupts. The small child was anything but. As your first target, you quickly discover a correlation between this individual and your old teammate, Illustra. An air elemental. Damn. You have sparred with Illustra enough to know you have next to no chance against them without using your mind control. However, as you engage with them, you notice a large discrepancy in skill levels between this person and the fair, lovely maiden of the wind. After a few feints and tests, you are able to knock the elemental out with the hilt of one of your blades. Taking a brief moment, you cast your eyes down to the prone form. The face shares the similar, eerie beauty that Illustra possessed. Perfect symmetry of the form, though this one appears to be much younger. You remember, though, that these creatures' size and appearance are only relative to your judgment. By the time you are finished, Oru's Jaguar and Vanslyke have taken out the large woman. Half of Oru's face is swollen and starting to purple. Jaguar's left hand is bent at the most unpleasant angle, and Vanslyke's chainmail shirt is all but ripped from his body. His shirt is rent open on one shoulder, revealing finger-sized holes which throw the tang of copper into the air. Impressively, Seven has kept G-Force occupied all by themselves. They either seem to be resistant adapting, or guarding the villain's attacks. While neither has landed a decisive blow, Seven does look as if they are slowing. G-Force stands in a corner, two walls at his back. Slowly and cautiously, the monster squad forms a semicircle around him. A grin splits G-Force's face like a pale fissure against the earth. The monster squad leaps, tenses, and otherwise seeks positive action. All a moment too late. You arrive the closest to harming G-Force. A knife inches from a large nerve cluster. All is frozen in time and space. The entire squad suspended like so much meat. You are about to reach out with your mind when you and the rest are surprised with a large backward force. You hit a wall and go black. You are drawn from darkness and you quickly gather that unconsciousness only took you for a few moments. 
Without further thought, you pull yourself to your feet with your telekinesis, or you attempt to. Nearly halfway, the power you use on reflex fails you. Never before has this happened. You gather yourself by placing an outstretched hand on the wall you were bodily flung into. Through the door in which the cadre of villains and your compatriots entered arrives a new player on your stage. A bored-looking man, not tall, but not short. Not thin, but not fat. Nondescript in almost every way. All except for the fact that he carries the largest, most intimidating gun you have ever seen. It's almost unbearable to look at. Your attention is drawn away from this man as you hear strong Oru's cry out. Looking over, just in time, you witness his prodigious strength give way. Above his head, he is holding a steel drum-sized container full of bubbling, viscous fluid. His arms wobble, and it crashes down on him. He is lost from view behind a bevy of consoles. You only hear a faint whimper, the smell of sizzling meat, and see a small wafting of smoke. Glancing around, it seems as if Jaguar has lost his vitality. Van Slyke's blade no longer glows. Experiment 7's sharp form is dulled, and G-Force is waving his arms in sudden, unexpected fright. The bored man simply raises his arm, the arm holding the weapon, the weapon of almost unexplicable potential violence, and fires. Half of G-Force's chest is gone in an instant. Blood, bone, sinew, veins arteries, and viscera, exposed like a holiday party popper. You simultaneously shout for your team to take cover and attempt to wrest control of the man with your will, but much like your other power, it's simply not there. You freeze. The bored man turns his weapon of tremendous violence towards you. He pulls the trigger. Blam. Besides deafening sound, nothing happens. The bored man looks quizzically at the weapon. He looks you in the eye. Not your time, he says dryly. Jaguar leaps towards the man while his attention is on you. It seems as if the arm holding the weapon acts of its own accord. While still facing you, the bored-looking man's arm crosses his not thin but not fat body with a near preternatural speed. Blam. Son of Jaguar's arm is simply not there anymore. He lands in a heap near the prone and unconscious form of the air elemental. He rises on the ground, attempting to staunch the flow of blood from just below his shoulder. The bored-looking man begins to walk backwards out of the same door he just entered through a few moments ago. As you see the last sliver of the bored-looking man's profile retract from the room, a loud cry pulls your attention away from the door. Vance like charges. Looking every bit the depiction of the historical warriors brandishing edged weapons with a prayer on their lips. The faint trail of smoke from Oruz's location has begun to grow, along with a strong, acrid smell. Seven is at Jaguar's side, attempting to hold him still and staunch the flow of crimson pouring from him. The woman and Elemental are still embraced by the darkness of unconsciousness. Abruptly, you are tossed forward. Your telekinesis has returned, that part of your mind finishing its last task it was given before it was abruptly shut down. You catch yourself before falling. Jaguar is waving Seven on, saying he will be fine. He inches himself towards the unconscious form of the elemental. You catch Seven's eye and motion towards the hallway. You both take off at a run. Seven slightly outpaces you. Before you round the corner at the end of the hallway, you know you are close. Again, a switch has been flipped. The powerful part of yourself is no longer available. Your steps falter and lose momentum for a few moments. 
What can you do? What can be used against this foe? Did he simply miss you earlier? No, you remember glancing at the wall behind you as you left the room. The wall was whole and untouched. Who is this man? Rounding the corner, you see Seven bodily tackle the bored-looking man from off of the top of Vanslyke. You've never seen Vanslyke bested physically. Even with Oruz's strength and Jaguar's savagery, he always comes out the victor. Seven has the bored-looking man pinned mostly against the wall. The bored-looking man's arms are free and bending to attack Experiment Seven with the weapon of extreme violence. You are able to cover the expanse of space quickly enough to pin the bored-looking man's arm holding the weapon against the wall before aggression can be leveled against Experiment Seven. Half a breath later, Van Slyke is at your back. A sickening crunch can be heard as he smashes the pommel of his sword into the bored-looking man's face. The man goes down in a heap, like so much laundry. In the same instance, you feel your powers return. Van Slyke's sword begins to glow again, and Seven's form once again takes on its edge sharpness. Van Slyke raises his sword for a killing blow, shouting that a being able to block God's will from his weapon must not be allowed to live. You reach out mentally for Van Slyke's blade. At the same moment, Seven steps in front of the prone form, steely determination in their eyes. You can hear Van Slyke's teeth grind. Smoldering, he turns back the way you all had come. Seven stares at you for a moment, their look an enigma. They turn and lift the unconscious form of the bored-looking man over their shoulder as if it were no more than a small child. Even unconscious, the man looks as if he could never be stimulated to do anything more than reside in the same space as stale bread. You both return to the site of the conflict. The smoke and acrid smell of strong gurus has grown worse. Walking through the double doors, Van Slyke is standing slack-jawed. The sight also gives you pause. Son of Jaguar has pulled himself to the unconscious air elemental. As you look, Jaguar has just extracted his remaining hand from the chest cavity of the now bloody form. He stares madly at your trio. You see as much as hear him rip into the dark red muscle with his gleaming bones of teeth. Immediately, a strong yellow glow begins to thrum and fill the room. Ozone fills your nostrils. Small sparks begin to throw with each new pulse from where Oruz's smoking remains lay. Every one of your instincts tells you to run. Son of Jaguar is now on his feet, eyes rolled back, spittle foaming at the corners of his mouth. A scream tears from his throat. He makes a sound that tears at your sanity. At this, everyone begins to extricate themselves from the situation. When your wits are with you again, you are standing with the remains of your group. You are all in the chill streets in front of the facility you had set for your ambush. It is now a smoking ruin with only a few walls left standing. Your hands clenched, nails biting into the pulpy flesh of your palms. Why do the players never follow the script? This act has come to ruin.